0: Welcome back to the show where, as you can see, sometimes we do get our signals crossed, but our swords always are. It is the Crossing Swords podcast, the official Sabres podcast of Trainwreck Sports, sponsored by, of course, the place to buy a case, Outlet Liquor. Make sure you get there, George Urban Boulevard in Cheektowaga. But speaking of stuff happening, speaking of nonstop action, that can sum up the Sabres. because a week where they're supposed to have off, we have action out the wazoo with Dahlien at the All-Star Game beach vacations and all-star extension numbers let's take a look at the panel let's bring them in we got Gatesy 35 and we got intern Vinny. gents hope you are enjoying your vacation week but uh i guess uh what you know what was your initial thought when you saw that cozy was here to stay for another seven years yesterday so that come across your timeline KC, your mic, you're muted, and it won't let me unmute you. Damn you. Damn you with, with with getting these signals crossed?
1: Signals are crossed. We're starting off hot. And, you know, it's it's. I'm just so excited to talk about this Cousins deal because it's something I think fans wanted. They lock up these young guys now while they can. He's showing signs of progression. He's almost a point per game in that second-line center role. His game's developed on both ends of the ice. And the fact that, you know, Kevin with a Y can lock these guys up when he can now before prices get a little crazy. We've seen it with Tage seeing it now with Samuelson, hopefully with Cousins here, like something exciting for the future.
2: Yeah, it's really, really cool to see that the roster of this team is maybe getting built in a similar way uh, to some of the powerhouses in the East that we're looking at right now, like the Bruins and like the Tampa Bay Lightning. When you can start to see these things form, obviously no team is ever identical, but the fact that we're starting to set the blocks to maybe try to be set up like that, over the next couple of years is is very exciting to see sort of come to fruition where it hasn't done that in, you know, almost a decade now.
0: Yeah. I mean, talk about salary cap hell. I mean, you know, after Murray left after, you know, Botterill was gone, you know, I think looking back at it, Botterill might not have been far off with the roster of where it needed to be, but unfortunately at Housley, he had Kruger, and that was ultimately the death knell with that record. Uh, But, you know, you look at, You know, that situation they were in, Evander Kane, I mean, they were paying, uh, you know, air off. It felt like up until a couple years ago, Uh, you know, things like that. But now you look at the way they're building this roster, like you said, Kevin with a Y, there were some dark days uh, not too long ago. I don't want to, you know, march the victory parade out here, but the consensus for anyone who actually knows inside the Buffalo market is this is like a potentially seal. And that's the crazy thing because you look at Dylan Cousins' career numbers, it kind of reminds me of the Samuelson deal or, you know, the, uh, you know, you're looking at career games played and go and goal or Tage, you know, similar thing with the goals uh, for the overall pay. Um, you look at Dylan's numbers. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not even 22. His birthday is tomorrow. Uh, so happy early birthday to Dylan cousins. But you th- is there any hesitation on any between any of you on this deal?
1: I mean, I think we all have the thought in the back of your mind of like, what if, what if, but you could say that for any contract. You look at the Jeff Skinner deal that was done a couple of years ago, everyone wanted him signed the biggest deal. Look, a couple years later, it's like, ugh, I can't believe we're stuck with this for however many more years. And that's the thing with these longer contracts, you have your ebbs and flows of them. And I think with the cousins deal, it's going to be hard not to miss with knock on wood with the way he's been playing these past couple years and this year, especially.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say it's similar with like the Thompson deal, mm-hmm. in that it's now just like at the current moment they both look really, really awesome. Right, going back to when the Thompson deal was signed, I remember most people were saying like this could be a really, really great contract. However, at the time it was the off season, so you were looking at a situation where like if he doesn't come out and produce the way he did that year, like if it was just a fluke year then you looking at this was actually a huge mistake, right? Whereas now with the cousins deal, you've seen him play relatively well last year and he's continued to produce at a a successful level this year. And you can see him continuing to do that for the rest of the season. And then he's earned that contract. I don't like comparing to the Skinner deal because the Skinner deal is again, a player finally produces on the Eichel line at the time. You need to keep Jack happy because he is your franchise player. you you're not just going to like let that player go. So you sign him to the contract, you sort of have to sign him to. And of course you get burned because for the next 2 years he's playing terrible minutes on a terrible line and he can't produce because his coaching staff is terrible. Now, I mean, is the contract great? No. But like he's actually producing at a high level now, way better than he was, you know, back when he was 36 points. So, um I don't think contractually uh this is this is a worst case scenario at all i'm really happy with how this one worked out because again right now it looks pretty good and again three years down the road this like might look really really good it's
0: funny what a flip it is because i would say rightfully so and lack of a better term i think Sabres fans have kind of had kind of ptsd about these five plus year contracts i mean when you look at what happened with Aerof, myers like skinner ended up being Even like the Vanek deal, the way it went down, despite him being so good, left kind of like a, a sour taste in fans' mouths because it was on the edge of the Breer and the jury situation. But yeah, you look at it, Cousins to me, I mean, he was shot out of a can in his rookie year. I mean, it, it doesn't really reflect in his numbers when you look at him here, four goals, nine assists in 41 games, but it felt like he was just constantly in the mix for a team that was never in the mix. Then last year, it felt like he was really getting a lot of scoring opportunities, and I said this with respect to him. He w- he was playing with a mop out there. He was constantly in good scoring position, but he couldn't finish. And now this year, you're seeing the, 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 the whole enchilada. Literally, you're seeing him in the mix. You're seeing him getting those scoring opportunities, and he's finishing with a flourish. So you love to see it. And to me, the funny thing about finishing with a flourish is it's exactly what Kevin with a Y is doing right now. To me, he is that guy. I mean, I don't want to... Again, early returns are early returns. There's still... plus left on these Thompson, uh, you know, Samuelson, more than that, 90% plus left on these deals. Um, But you have to think that the initial returns, when they're looking down the line now in the second half of of the 2020s, that they're, you know, salivating at what they might be able to do, you know, with the power contract, with the Darlene deal uh, down the line. And yeah, this is just a piece of that. So you love to see them building up. Really good article, by the way. Uh, by Joe Yurden, and uh, I'm talking about how the uh, Sabres are building that roster and how it's not apparent, it makes sense. You know, I think if you're looking at this as, what, a writer for the Edmonton Oilers, you know, you're seeing a guy with 34 career goals get almost $50 million. Like, that's definitely a little crazy. That's a little crazy, but I think when you're the Sabres and you know that this guy is literally 21 years and 364 days old, and he's only going to continuously get better and continue to improve. I think there's a lot to be optimistic about.
1: Yeah, it just keeps it exciting. And it's going to be a bit of, not even a bit of a gamble. It's just, I think Sabres fans are happy with, even if Cousins almost plateaus a bit, it's it's going to be good.
2: Yeah, if he hangs right around these numbers, like, if of course, not if he stops scoring right now. But if he paces the year out and then continues to just play at that pace, it's still a really good contract, assuming, of course, that the cap continues to go up. Now, obviously, we know that the, in the NFL, for example, the cap is going to continue to skyrocket, which is why like, the Bills fans don't necessarily have to be concerned about the Allen contract, because like, eventually the TV deals are going to bail you. I'll use the word bail you out of that, but I mean, every good football team has a really good quarterback. The
0: Patriots are debating on whether giving Mac Jones a $34 million deal. So right. I, I, you got to love where the, the bills are at with Allen and that 40, $45 million contract for sure. Um, right.
2: So, but I just want to finish that off by saying the the NHL is not in a great spot in terms of revenue and then just like fan interaction right now. So the only thing that concerns me is that if the cap doesn't move as much as it will in like other sports like the NFL for example you might run into a spot where you're running out of money faster than you thought you were but if anybody were to be in a good position and prepared for that it would be the Buffalo Sabres because of how their roster is constructed at this current moment but again we can talk about like the lack of you know streams and the lack of people tuning in and the broadcast ratings for the NHL all of those things eventually sort of might lead to the league is getting I'll call it less popular, so you might need to be a little bit concerned about where that that cap balloons or doesn't balloon to over the next couple of years. But other than that, if it continues along the trajectory it's supposed to, these contracts, especially even if Cousins plateaus, are gonna look perfectly fine.
1: And this with this, the way the Sabers contracts are now, like even if the worst case scenario happens with the cap, the Sabers are looking incredible compared to so many other teams in the league. It's it's mm-hmm. really a win win for them.
0: Remember when the Sabres, like, didn't have a, a captain candidate that you could really get behind? Now you got Cousins. You got Tuck.
1: Give one to everyone. You got
0: Colleen. I mean, there's yeah, going to be no man. shortage of... I mean, the this core... This core. I'll tell you what. I mean, this is what you need. I, I mean, and, and, yeah. again, you still got to hit, and these guys still got to continue to ascend. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you would, you would almost take... Like what? What's the average year you would take from Cousins on this deal? Like, I mean, would you take twenty four goals a year and seventy five points a year?
1: I mean, I, I think that's where he's at right now. He's he's almost a point per game. He's already at seven He is. Goals that would be plateauing year,
0: like, for this year for yeah. sure. But instead, he's twenty one years old and probably only going to get better. Twenty two tomorrow, folks.
1: <sighs> Big day.
2: I wonder what he's gonna. I wonder if for his birthday. Because he just got the new contract, how that offsets, right? Like normally, when you get paid, you take everybody else out to dinner. But because it's your your new, because it's your birthday, then everybody else takes you out to dinner. So does it just, just cancel? Like everybody, like BYOB somewhere and figure it out. I don't know how that works.
0: Speaking of which, let me fire this up. It would be remiss not to show this. Obviously, this is great. So you've been seeing him on, as the uh, title of our podcast shows. Uh, the boys are out on the beach and it looks like they celebrated with some shots.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dahlien, is that so... Dahlien made it out there after the All-Star game. You'll have to see that. So this was my question. Was Dahlien was, that? was obviously so booked for this vacation before, had to go to the All-Star game, and, mm-hmm. and Tage just kind of took his spot even though he was injured because you saw Tage chucking the football on the beach.
1: Yeah, he might, he might taking the Josh Allen approach the uh, the All Star game, Pro Bowl, taking some time. Rasmus, you know what? This is third year going to the All Star game, representing the Sabers. Keep keep it going, and it seems like it's a tight group that enjoy each other. So I'm glad you know you have seen them on vacation all together. That's a great sign of a good team now and a great team to come. So
0: wait, how do how the hell did we get to this unformatted thing that shows my home? Get the higher. By the way, I gotta get my big head in here. I gotta get my great big game. head presence going. By the way exactly like you said and i couldn't have said it better myself it really is telling that these guys not very much free time all year in their entire year but they get one week and they're you know vacationing. i hate to say it but a certain number nine couldn't wait to get to turks and caicos by himself in, in years past and, and take a couple we and take a week off so uh yeah there's a big difference there there's a big difference there whether you want to admit the fact as has or not speaking of the fact as has or not by the way shout out chad d and expected buffalo on that uh cousins extension news Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's a good uh it's a good jump to our next topic by the way seeing dalene on the beach i I, you know i'm always glad to have a buffalo representative in an all-star game i think dalene tage uh you know deserved it even maybe some of the other guys got looked over a little bit uh you know based on the team's record with that said man what a lame like production. What, what did you guys think? Uh, to me, I, all I was, I, the one thing I could not stop thinking was that if you were turning into the NHL for the first time, and this was like the all-star game, you'd be like, I'm out on the NHL. Cause it just looked lame. Everyone looked disinterested. It did not look fun at all. Was my take.
1: I I mean, it's a, it's a tough situation to kind of deal with it for the NHL. If you see what the NFL did this year with the pro bowl, how it's flag football. And it's, People complained before because it wasn't real football, and now people kind of wish that's back. It's You're not going to please people with this weekend. Get the kids happy. That's, I think that's what they're really looking for to do. They're trying to grow their game, and I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't think we're the right clientele to decide if that's growing the game right now because we're pretty locked into the Sabres and the NHL as a whole, but maybe this brought in some new fans to the sport. But I Yeah,
2: <clears throat> that's a good point, Gatesy. I'm going to piggyback off that by saying I think they're trying to grow to – a certain demographic that I don't think that we really have a great connection to right now. Um, so, so I don't know. I have to ask some younger NHL and sports fans to see if they enjoyed the All Star festivities or if they even watched them. Like I don't know if they were even able to see them or if they wanted to. It to me, it oh, felt well, like they it wasn't saw, even marketed all that They saw the clips
0: well. on TikTok, Vinny. Don't worry.
2: Well, I guess so again, like my point is, is like, is that really where if the NHL wants that to be the case, right? Like you put all this, these festivities on and you just want the interaction on social media later, that's all well and good. If that's what you're striving for and you set up your brand and your market plan to produce revenue off of that. But if your, your revenue plan is really contingent on you making broadcast money from the ratings of the actual live events and most of your interactions are coming from after the all-star game on social media like that's again like if that's not what you plan for then that's a poorly executed plan so i didn't think the all-star game was even marketed all that well i mean i feel like i didn't really hear all that much about it um like if somebody like me who's a sports fan has to go out of the way to figure out what time all this stuff is happening like that's probably not great because i feel like you you're maybe i'm not looking in the right spots i don't know but i mean with that said I feel like you got to do a better job of marketing it to people who would even be a little bit remotely interested in watching. Because when your team is off for a week, the whole point is like, hey, my team's not playing hockey for a week. I want to watch sports. And sports is the all-star game maybe. But it really wasn't the case this week. I didn't really – I had to go out of my way to find ways and the times to go and watch it.
0: This is not just because this is the dominator, but this is electric. When If I was tuning into this and I was surfing the channels, I just saw people coming in nonstop on, on yeah. Dominic Ashik like this. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, like a little ten puck in practice. You can't beat it. Just something quick like that. And I think it gets it's the like most out of the buying. players too. Yeah. Yeah. You see guys out there just having fun, which is great. But I, I think as a fan, I like seeing the best of the best be the best in the world for a reason.
2: I don't know I, if you need more incentives to make the players try hard. I think the modern game is so <clears throat> like I think there's there's and rightfully so right in in all sports there's an emphasis on health. I mean, you can talk about the NFL obviously with CTE and then a lot of other things regarding just players' health in general the NBA with like star players being rested more. And then you have people like traveling to these games to see Jimmy Butler and he's sitting because he's got back soreness and all that. You can, you can have all of these different conversations, right. About player health and player health is a good thing because when you go to a game, I want to watch the healthy, good players play the healthy, good players. Like I don't want to go to a game and like, Oh yeah, maybe my team wins because the other team starting goalie is hurt. But like, that's it. While it's a win, it's not, you know, it's an asterisk, right? I want to see the good players beat the good play. Like, I want to see the best of the best play the best of the best. And when you uh, you are doing things to sacrifice player health, then you're not doing that, right? But with that said, players, I I think you need to find a balance where the all-star game and these festivities matter, where players aren't just like, well, I don't want to get hurt or I don't want to do anything too ridiculous, so I'm just going to sort of scale it back. You want to make it fun and also make it, competitive where like people are going to want to try for whatever comes at the end as a reward or lack thereof for winning or losing and obviously
0: you can go too far in the mlb uh all-star games case and end up having world series home field advantage decided by the all-star game which makes zero sense because uh of a one-year tie catastrophe but with that said i the funny thing is i think that the nhl actually has it kind of figured out You run it three on three where you're not really getting hits. Nobody's really like colliding or anything. So it's just guys skating best. And all of them are only skating like 90 to 95% of the time anyway. And the skills competition. That's what everyone wants to see. But for some reason, I'm telling you, I was just watching. And during the skills competition, there was no like vibes of like the guys like laughing. Like you were like, like I know they did Crosby, Ovechkin and Ovechkin's kid, but like I didn't see Krazy Ovechkin like having fun or whatever, like just stuff that you would think like you would really encourage with the all-star game. So again, it's, it's like you guys said, the NHL definitely has an image problem uh, as far as building out. Yeah. they're trying to work to combat that and obviously uh, find a way quote unquote. But yeah, I mean, if these guys, if Bettman and Manfred think that they can just like Goodell their way, like to the end, to the finish line, they're going to get something like, completely rude awakening for sure because they're not yeah. printing money like the nfl is
1: um now the uh the winner of the all-star game next year i think they have an open invite to come on the crossing swords podcast i think that could be a great way, way. to boost competition Seriously. MVP next year has the invite to come
0: yes yeah. mvp like has that, the invite yeah. to come and the winning goaltender gets to go on bacon egg and captain yeah <laughs> Speaking of uh, a great opportunity, Sabres have a great opportunity uh, in the second half of the season. What do we got? 30 plus games, 35 ish. It, it, it throws me off. We were talking about this in the pregame that they have this break and they're like losing games when they're already behind games. Like, yeah. like they're going to be, they're basically going to be playing at a rapid pace in the second half. Huh?
1: Mm-hmm. I think they have 32 games left of the season and they're already, yeah, what, have four games in hand on some teams for the wild card spot. It's, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, so the bad news as in this second half forecast, as you know, a lot of writers have pointed out, basically these two or three days where teams have started playing, uh, the Islanders have gone 2-0. Uh, Pitt- Pittsburgh went 1-0, I believe, and I think maybe the Capitals went 1-0, but you still have game in hand, like you said. Uh, the only one that they're really beaten by right now is the Pittsburgh Penguins. If they win their next two games, uh, they'll be in a spot above the Islanders and above the Capitals with a game in hand still. So the Sabres really control their own destiny. Again, like its it sounds ridiculous to say, even think about it, but 30 games out. But that's something they really haven't done in uh, recent Februaries. So with that said, we do this all the time before like a matchup against Connor Hellebuck or something. You're, you know, Kevin Adams. You're Don Granato. You're this coaching staff. You're this, you know, leadership committee. What is your focus in the second half of the season? Where is there an advantage to be had? Is it just staying the course? Like, what are you telling to these guys? What are you thinking behind closed doors?
1: I mean, right now, so many people are saying the faults of the Sabres team is that they're young. They should use that to their advantage. They have so many games to be played, 32 games left in the season. And we see how this team does when they get hot. And you got these young kids that, you know, we say they're kids. They've been playing this game for almost 20 years now, some of the younger ones, and I think they're, they're poised to make that, that run here. There's a lot of guys on this team have been here through some dark days in the franchise. I think they can really instill some, some leadership to not only what it means to the, like the 23 guys on the roster, but the whole city of Buffalo as a whole on what not only making the playoffs would do, but maybe even going on some sort of run once they do get there.
2: Yeah, I don't think making the playoffs this year is a make it or break it situation for the Sabres, but I think it'd be such a great opportunity to put the, to propel them forward so that they can have playoff success in the future. When you look at the way this team is constructed, they're not really a team that's built to make a long run in the playoffs, A, because they are incredibly streaky in sort of a bad way. They can get hot, but I don't think they can get hot in the way that you need to be in the playoffs. You need to be more physical and you need to be able to grind out wins. You're not gonna be able to win games six to two in the playoffs. Now it might happen once. You might go out game two, you know, uh, against Toronto, win six to two and go, oh wow. But also Uh, can you imagine coming back to Buffalo one-one against the Leaves? Yeah, I mean that again, that's probably best case scenario. You're more than likely gonna have to go into the playoffs and face a team like Boston. Or like Tampa Bay that's so much better at playing that playoff hockey and you're at a real disadvantage however even if you get swept or maybe lose four out of five you then know you, you get a taste of what it's like to use a quote from the other guys like we've tasted that and we're now building apparatus right you go into the offseason go we now know what it's like we won one game okay we now know what playoff hockey is like every team amps it all up a little bit so then you get that experience and you go into the offseason, you go into the next season and You go, all right, like right, let's get hot. Let's get in. Let's get in with a better seed so we're maybe playing a team that's less put together next year instead of just squeaking in and being the last team in. And then you can play playoff hockey knowing, all right, we got to get grittier off the bat. Like we got to go out first shift and not try to, you know, toe drag Charlie McAvoy at the blue line. Like maybe just try to dump it in, lay some bodies on there and just play a little bit more old school hockey for a couple minutes get physical and then show them that they're not just going to push us around. That's probably the more realistic outlook, but of course you got to make the playoffs to really get a taste of what that's going to be like sitting at, you know, just being that first team out would be a great step forward, but you're not, not going to get the feeling for the playoffs sitting on the couch at home.
1: And I think there's so many people too, that just think this is the same old Sabres that are going to find a way to shoot themselves in the foot at some point in the season. And, they say it might not happen yet because normally it does happen in November, October, but they, they think it might happen in this backstash of the season. So if this team could at least prove to themselves that this is a different Sabres team of the past decade, that there's a new, new turn on the book. And I think this is big for them to just prove that they are a new organization now.
0: You guys, I, a, I think you guys put it perfectly, just real quick to jump in. Like playoffs is not like playoffs or bust if they don't make it or something, you know, Granado or Kevin are gonna be in trouble. But it's exactly, and, and fans hate this because you got to compartmentalize both. It's almost exactly like the 2017 Bills. Yeah. If the Bills didn't make the playoffs that year, it wasn't like McDermott was going to be, like, you know, shit-canned or on the hot seat or whatever. But it's a great opportunity to get a ton of goodwill, get the monkey off the back, and really refocus the overall, like, like you know, aim of the franchise.
2: Yeah, and now I will say it's an uphill battle not only having to play that many games – if you get caught in a rut, it's going to be a lot easier to lose a lot of games in a row now than it was at the beginning of the year because you might feel that extra pressure. You've got a lot more games jam-packed on, so you've got fatigue being added in along with the other effects of just that young, inexperienced nature that a lot of people are, are talking about with the Sabres. Now, with that said, the other factor and variable you have to consider is the teams you're going up against are those teams with playoff experience the Pittsburgh Penguins are a team that aren't really as good as they were four years ago. However, playoff Sidney Crosby and playoff push Sidney Crosby is a different animal than regular season Sidney Crosby. Right Annoying. The wa- yeah. The Washington Capitals, three of their best players have played less than half of their games right now. Uh, Tom Wilson's only played eight games and. uh I mean, I'm just looking at the TJ. Oshie's only played 35 Nicholas Bastrom's only played 10. So when you're looking at these, this team, that's like, you're, you're trying to chase them. They're getting two of their more talented players back into the lineup here in the more important times of the season. So, I mean, it, it gets harder for you, not to mention the playoff, the Penguins with a lot of experience on that team. I mean, that's an old roster. But that they've got a lot of experience and then the islanders same thing that's a gritty team that can win tight close games when they need to win them now it's not very trots but i mean still
0: this is very troublesome guys you're you're saying you make great points uh, to hell with your diligence i'm not very excited about it but speaking of which goalie outlook in the second half it's obviously the biggest concern like you said sabers could easily get in a rut there are 62 days between now and the end of the NHL season for the Sabres. And they have 32 games in that span. So they are averaging literally more than a game every other night. It's insane. And they're going to need goalie stability. Looking at it, going into the break. Upple, Upi he goal attended for eight of the last 11 games. Are you thinking a similar forecast for the remainder of the schedule? Are we thinking a lot of Comrie early so we can get a lot of UPL late? What's the play?
1: I think it's still going to be pretty UPL heavy, but not to the extent that it was. I think the big issue right before break was they're still getting Comrie back to game form after being out for so long. And I mean, I've been saying this for so long to slowly start phasing Anderson out. But every time I say that, he puts up monster numbers in that next game. So at some point, I'm going to be right with that. But if they can put him out there when he when he can and he plays well, I don't see an issue with running these three guys until, you know, until the end of the year.
0: By the way, Gates, yeah. he was referencing his last prediction. And then Anderson goes out and basically stands on his head against Dallas, holding them to two goals and winning for OT and for the savers. Go ahead, uh, Vinny. Yeah,
2: no, I, I was saying this, a similar thing in that. I think that game, I also predicted that Anderson's not going to be a goalie. You can go out and depend on you to make 45 saves a game. And he went out, I think he had like 37 saves, which is, I mean, not that far off. You're right. Um. So Yeah. So... When you look at... Was it 37?
1: I, I meant you are right with the, your, your prediction. You didn't get 45, oh, that, oh. right?
2: Yeah. Okay, well, hey, you know, win some, you lose some. But at, look, when you look at the way the Sabres are probably going to plan for the end of this year, I'm assuming they're going to go something similar to the tune of UPL, UPL, Anderson, UPL, Comrie, Anderson, UPL, UPL. Like, do like a 2-1-1... One, two, one, you know, if that makes sense, right? To to merge four checking terms. So, so what's
0: your let me get real quick, then, boys, give it to me. Give me the the piece of the pie percentages for the remaining of the 32 games. Is it UPL 68 to 72 percent, depending on how hot he is? And then the rest is for them. Is it a little bit less? What do you think? I,
1: if I was going to ration out, I would say every. Three UPL star or every four UPL starts, you have two to Comrie, one to Anderson. I think that maybe five for UPL, something around those lines. I would definitely, no. I would, I would want Comrie to yeah. see more than Anderson. But I mean, with the way this this guy's playing, it's, I feel like it's almost impossible to keep him out of the net because he just puts up great numbers once in a while.
2: Yeah, I. You also want to factor in not only just like the being, being wrong about this, hopefully, but if a goalie does get injured, which you really don't want it, for any of the goalies, like it could be the goalie that whatever goalie ends up with the smallest piece of the pie in this thing uh, based on predictions, like even if that is the goalie get hurt, you don't want this because then it just puts more strain on everybody else. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're probably going to look in a situation. I wouldn't be surprised if Malcolm Subban, place a game for the sabers before the end of the year just because of how how we've had bad luck s- so far like with goalies in the past couple of years i wouldn't be surprised so i'm gonna leave like a five percent of that that puzzle piece i'm gonna leave that to rochester goaltender is what I'm gonna leave that <laughs>
0: as. you uh, are I'm you a- are a sicko you are a sicko for that
2: I, see like, no, if I'm right, it's like, wow, he's a visionary. But if I'm wrong, like nobody's gonna remember this.
0: I can't wait till a- April thirteenth fan appreciation day against Ottawa. Malcolm Subban and that <laughs> savers literally on the 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 dotted line of a playoff spot.
2: yeah, i i, I, I look, I think it probably will be something to the tune of you know, 67%. I wish I knew, like, if I could do the math real quick, which I can't because my brain doesn't work that fast. But, like, if it's 67% UPL, 13% Anderson, that puts me at 80, 18% Comrie, and then, you know, maybe 17%, and then 3% Subban. So you're at
0: 66% UPL then? Because you said you went from UPL and 13% Anderson to... Yeah, so it's U- it's okay. okay. So your UPL UPL's every, two, six, out of every two out every three, two out every three. Basically, okay. that's what
2: I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah I, two out I, every my, three. My like question: three. Out so of every here's so then this half.
0: is my last for you. It's it's April. It's April 10th. Let's say everything is held exactly like it holds, as held so far. Ever everyone performs the same. Do you ride UPL down the stretch? Those those last four games. You have you have literally four games in in five days to end the season. That's I mean, actually insane. I didn't realize that.
1: I mean, that that's already God. absurd. UPL's got to see it. I'd say three of them, and then between Carmine and Anderson, whoever you think has been that guy out of the two the last month, give him that nod. But I, I feel like just right now, it's got to be Anderson. Like he's just he's he's been yeah. that guy. No, no matter I was what
2: your last your la- so i'm thinking trying to think backwards forwards right mm-hmm. like just looking at the buffalo sabers schedule for the end of the year to pull a phrase from from rob ray um you know it's been a good season for the buffalo sabers but look y- your last game of the year is april 14th against the blue jackets that's a team that's struggling right that's a game i could see your lesser goalie playing now it is the last game of the year and if you if that's a winner get in I think that's an Anderson UPL game. I don't think that's a Comrie game. I th- That game screams Craig Anderson to me. Like, that game screams classic <laughs> Buffalo. Like, I'm going to do what I, I hate. I hate doing this, but I do it all the time. I'm going to make a Bills comparison. This sounds like a like a Sean McDermott, like, dial up, like, on second and eight. Like, we're going to run, like, the screen that never works, but we're going to try it this time. Maybe like that's not maybe not where I'm meaning to go with this, but like with that said, like it just feels like a game where you get the starting lineup, but it's like our starter tonight's Craig Anderson, and you're like, oh no, like why didn't you put UPL in? He's got a nine twelve save percentage, but it just seems it screams Craig Anderson. It screams like three to two. Now how electric would it be a three to two Sabres overtime victory and to get into the playoffs? Right? Wouldn't that be something? But going back. Going, going, yeah, going. So going back in time though, what I meant to give my original point: your last four games of the season are Rangers, Devils, Senators, Blue Jackets. So that's Rangers, good team; Devils, good team; Senators, pretty good team; and then the Blue Jackets were struggling. So to me, that's like a UPL Comrie, UPL Anderson to end the year. That if everyone's healthy, that's my prediction.
0: Okay. Be Very interesting to see if these predictions hold. Obviously, I think we're all just thankful that it is Super Bowl time and we are still having meaningful discussions about these Buffalo Sabres. Shout out to them. Shout out to the roster. Shout out to the beach bartending staff for getting those shots for Dylan Cousins' extension. Shout out to our panel, gatesy 35 V Christiano 3. Make sure you're following all the awesomeness they have and make sure you're following everything on Trainwreck Sports because this is the Crossing Swords podcast where, obviously, as you saw out the gate, our signals sometimes do get crossed but our swords always are it's three words here let's go
1: sabers